0: Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.
1: Welcome back to the Theater Podcast, intimate personal conversations with the industry's biggest names. I am your host, Alan Seals, and this episode is with Tony and Grammy nominee Derek Baskin. I love talking with Derek. He has so much gratitude for this life and this profession that he has, I'm going to say, fallen into. He didn't originally set out to be an actor or even a Broadway performer. He got a biology degree, was full-on pre-med, and then all of a sudden, he just decided to try giving singing, not acting, mind you, trying to give singing a try, and the rest is history. (laughs) There are two times... That I remember in the interview, where his face lit up so much with the enjoyment and the love for what the subject he was talking about. And these two times were when he spoke of the support and the love from his parents. And the other time was of the friendship and the lessons he's learned, uh, the friendship he's formed with Otis Williams and everything he's learned from, from that relationship. Just incredible. He's got a new show where he is headlining for the very first time at 54 Below, June 29th to July. Third. So, go to 54below.com, get your tickets for that. And of course, we cover that in this interview. It's just an incredible, incredible chat. Find me online at theater underscore podcast. before we kick off the episode. Leave a rating, leave a review, tell your friends. And now, everybody, please enjoy this episode with Derek Baskin. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters Today's guest is a Tony and Grammy-nominated actor for his role in Ain't Too Proud. He originated the roles of Mitch Mahoney in the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, Gator in Memphis, and even has had the fortune of starring in The Little Mermaid. TV film credits include The Good Lord Bird*, starring alongside Ethan Hawke, Marshall with the late Chadwick Boseman, and three seasons on Hulu's critically acclaimed sitcom, Difficult People. He has a brand new show coming up at 54 Below, June 29th to July 3rd. Derek Baskin, welcome to the theater podcast. Hey, man, thanks
0: for having me. The funny thing about that intro is yeah, you forget like what you've done. And so the way you said Mitch Mahoney was the, there's this like, intro song that introduces me in the show Mm -hmm. and i i used to have to say mitch mahoney and and then the cast would say mitch mahoney and so the way you (laughs) said it was exactly how the cast used to say mitch mahoney which made me it it literally took me back like mitch (laughs) mahoney i was
2: like wow how did he
1: know (laughs) (laughs) oh man i remember i remember that show man it was so good and that that was your broadway debut, right? Yeah, man, it yeah. was. I had no clue what I was doing,
0: man. I was just, you know, happy to be on Broadway.
1: <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. That was, I think, that was 2005, I believe, if memory serves. Yeah, starts. it was. And God, so you've obviously come a long way since then. Speaking about your latest show, you were Otis Williams in Ain't Too Proud, which got you, of course, your Tony and your Grammy nomination, mm-hmm. congratulations. It is a story of a group of black men rising above so much adversity to actually become the icons that they are today. So if you were to go back into the show now, Given everything that's happened with George Floyd's murder and the racial injustices being at the forefront of people's minds more so than than what we'll call normal, yeah. uh, would you approach the role any differently? And you actually got to get closure, I think, because your contract ended, what, like a week before Broadway shut down, right?
0: Literally, literally a week before. Like oh, myself oh. and Ephraim Sykes, we had our last show the week before. We went to Miami the next day (laughs) and then a week later Broadway shut down. So I'm actually grateful to have had like a complete chapter, um, uh, with that show. I'm grateful that I was able to originate it, to shape it, to form what it is now. I'm very honored to have portrayed Otis Williams, uh, in that show and in that particular way, uh, uh, I have handed the reins. I've given the reins to Nick Walker, who is my replacement. Yes. yes. And um, I, I, he, I think he might have did two shows, <laughs> two or maybe three before the Broadway shut down. So I'm sure he's like itching to get back and kind of like get into, you know, into Otis's skin. Um, I will say I will answer your question this way. Um, uh, for me, the realities of George Floyd, the racial injustices that you mentioned, a lot of that, uh, which the temptations kind of endured back in the 50s and the 60s when they were forming, um, you know, that has always been my reality. So the only difference is now it's more of a national concern. And I'm grateful um, that for this pandemic, because it caused us to sit and be still and to actually look at each other. Mm -hmm. And I feel that uh, the racial injustices, the 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 plights, if you will, of uh, black people in this country has become such a focal point only because we were forced to sit still. We were forced to kind of like everything shut down. So the things that were kind of screaming at us, that were fighting for attention, those things um, kind of register louder with us. And so I'm grateful. Uh, I'm very grateful for the pandemic because it brought some things to light where all of us, not just black people, can take notice and say, what do we need to do to kind of fix the situation? And it's going to take a lot of fixing. um, But uh, when people go back to see Ain't Too Proud, Ain't Too Proud, I think they start shows in October. Um, And so when that show comes back, um, the eyes who are going to see this show are going to just see it with different eyes, you know. I'm hoping eyes with more, a little bit more compassion, a little bit more empathy. But I, I think, w- I think what you're going to, um, what's actually really going to hit you is that yes, we have come far from the '50s and '60s, but yet we haven't. And so I'm hoping that it right. will inspire uh, people who go to see Ain't Too Proud once they open again. Um, to say, you know what, there's still some work that needs to be done. What can I do on my part? What can I do between me and my friends even, you know, because change starts with yourself. It doesn't have to be a huge uh, thing, you know, everyone doing their own part, um, small small changes when, when you add those up, you know, equal a big change. And so I think shows like Ain't Too Proud um, and like Tina the Musical, which is coming back, um, which just talk about, you know, race relations. Um, uh, I, I think that people will just look at it with different eyes and, and I think eyes of, um, compassion, but also I think, I think it'll, and just inspire people to at the very least, um, make sure that they that, uh, the energy they're bringing into the world is that of a positive change.
1: Yeah. Do do you still talk to Otis? I mean, I know that the two of you worked, being the only surviving member of the original, you know, today as the show is opening, I know that he had a lot of input into the creation. Yeah, Uh, And I mean, I guess... I, I feel like I feel like I heard that you formed a friendship with Otis, right? Like, yeah,
0: man. Listen, I, he's still my uncle. You know, we call <laughs> I, I call I call him Uncle O. That's it. You know, all of us call him Uncle O. It's not just me. Um, uh, and I called him. I want to say about might have been two weeks ago because he posted something. Well, he didn't do it. I'm sure he's, his social media skills are hopefully less than mine. But like, <laughs> there was a post of him in the gym you know, working out and he looked really good. And so I just called him and I was like, look at you, man. I was like, you, you uh, give me a run for my money. I'm gonna have to do some push-ups myself because he's getting ready to, uh, you know, since the world is opening back up, the temptations are going back on the road. Um, and this is the, he told me, this is, this year, I want to say it's their 60th anniversary. Wow. Um, and, and this year that shut the world down, this pandemic, he said, this is the first time that he stopped in about 60 years. And so he's, um, trying to, you know, just get back in shape and to build his stamina up. And so, yeah, I, I literally talked to him about two weeks ago and I I will never, um, that's a friendship that I will forever cherish. Like that one goes beyond, uh, the show. It just does. And he has welcomed me into his heart and into his family. And, you know, when I was portraying him he gave me his blessing and there's not a time where I can't call him you mm-hmm. know and throughout the pandemic I just we would just check in on each other last summer um, I traveled to LA um, uh, and I went to go visit him you know and it was like you know I you know of course with COVID regulations and all that stuff everyone has their masks on and everyone's you know doing things from a distance but I, ha- I just had to see him and Um, You know, he was like, yeah, I would love to see you. And that that friendship is one that, you know, that's cemented period. Like after, you know, I've left the show, but that friendship is going to continue.
1: <laughs> so yeah. another twenty years from now, when you have your ten Tonys and someone's making the Derek Baskin show, wow! Okay, <laughs> and, okay. and and you got some some young young hot shot kid who's coming up playing young <laughs> young Derek Baskin. Like I'm I'm yeah. trying to think about this from from the reverse situation, right? Like if yeah. if someone was making a musical or a movie or a show or something about me, or something's making someone something about you, I don't. I would be so critical, I think, of oh that that's not that hap- That's not how that happened. Like, but Stephanie J. Block has a relationship with Cher now, and you've yeah. got a relationship with Otis. And there yeah. like I I think that's I guess. Did you do you think about this? Do you think about what it must be like for him to see his life just thrown out there like this? Yeah. I mean, well, we talked about it. You know, there was a um
0: there was a TV movie, I want to say maybe in the early 90s, about The Temptations. And I saw that when I was a kid, man. And uh, he still hasn't seen that. He wow. hasn't watched it. Um, he, it, it, I think it hits a little bit too close. Uh, it, it hit too close to home, and he hasn't watched that. Um, uh, Dominique Morisot, the writer of, of Ain't Too Proud, mm-hmm um, she, uh, just sat with him and she talked with him. Um, and she really got uh, a really good picture and a really good shape of kind of, uh, you know, the temps as a whole. And so we presented it to him for the first time, 2017, we showed him the first act. We were like, we're just going to like ease you into this because it's a lot you know like someone said this is your life you don't want to show them all of it because it can be overwhelming and so like we sat him down we showed him the first act and something happened with uh the guy who played eddie Kendricks, and he said something that it, which is in the script and otis like from from like the side he was like yep <laughs> he's like yep that was Eddie and like and once, <laughs> once he did that like it eased the tension of everyone and I think he is just very I think he's kind of humbled at uh, the way we are honoring him he's a very humble person you know Um, he's a very flashy very flashy person but the core of him you know he comes from very humble beginnings and that has never left him and so um, I, I think it's a bit humbling uh, for him to kind of see us honor his life and the life of his brothers uh, every day. And he he's come to the show and at every, every you know, we did a little tour before we hit Broadway in every city, every theater we were at, he was there. And <laughs> every time he watched it, it was like the first time. And I could, I could use, usually see him in the audience and I could just, I can see the, the pride and then I can see him remembering again, every time you can see him, remember when we're at, you know, the Copa, when the Temptations were at the Copa, he remembers that, you know, when we were, there was a part when we were, um, it's like on a bus tour. He, He remembers that, you know, he remembers the struggles of playing uh kind of in the Jim Crow South when the audiences were segregated he remembers that and so like it's you can see his eyes light up you can see him holding back tears when there's a loss of one of his brothers uh you can really see him go through that so you know when I first uh started I was a bit nerve-wracking because you're like I don't you know it's you (laughs) you know (laughs) that um that i'm playing but you know the difference is you know we're both artists but he doesn't do what i do you know what i mean he's not an actor you know he's like he'll get up there he'll sing for you put on a show but what i do is just a little bit different and because of that um I was like, "Oh well, you don't do this." <laughs> so because of that, you know, it kind of eased the pressure. There was no pressure. All I had to do was just honor him um, as a man, as an artist. Because had he not existed, my place here, where I'm at as an artist, uh, would be quite, quite different. And so I was just every night I was just able to say, "Man, thanks." And uh, we were very similar. Kind of, it's we're it's interesting because we're both Scorpios. Um, uh, and our temperaments they're just very similar and you wouldn't know that like when i got cast they didn't know you know what i mean it Mm kind of just happened that we have these similarities in the way that he leads and the way that i lead you know when i carried the show i had to do it from you know i'm not the flashy person here i'm the person that needs to hold things together and that's how otis was you know he and he was kind of the Point person with Barry Gordy and Barry Gordy had a really good, um, relationship. And so a lot of things that came from Barry went through Otis. And so, uh, you know, I began to find the similarities between kind of our, our personas and kind of how we operate through life. And, uh, once I did that, it was actually kind of cool. Cause I'm, I'm not a person that like, impersonates people like that's not my wheelhouse like if i can i can give you the truth of a person like i can do that but like characteristics and like you know jamie fox what he did with um ray charles like mm. it was so brilliant and that that ain't me <laughs> like <laughs> i'm not i'm not gonna impersonate someone like that Just not I, I probably could i just haven't and and um so but when i found when i found the similarities between the two of us i remember one time like this in the show in the middle of a show I kind of just like found him like it was interesting and just kind of clicked and I was just like "Ooh, ooh, you're Otis now like it was really interesting um and and he's just been I don't know he's been such a great friend but he's you know he tells us that we're, we're telling the story right and so that's all you need and and once you get that kind of blessing once you get that stamp of approval from him you're good to go
1: Oh, that's a level of comfortability and a level a level of trust and love. I think love for you and love for the cast to say like, here here's my story. I'm trusting you and Dominique and and all of yeah. these amazing individuals to tell it in a way that it you know it's not going to paint everybody in the best light. It's going to tell no. the truth. No, right. The truth.
2: And that's what's
1: but important. see the thing
0: about it, and what I'm what I love about theater. Uh, it's okay. So my best friend um his name is james iglehart he got a tony for he played the genie in aladdin
1: you you say that like people don't know who I is on this podcast (laughs) james okay That's,
0: that's that's my bestie man and we've been best friends since 2004 we're very 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 different in our tastes of theater he's very flashy uh you know he loves musical theater i'm like a tortured soul you know what i mean so like the thing about uh what i loved about ain't too proud is it showed the human side of things because that's what we are we just have flaws you know and i i mean i have so many flaws and and i relate to theater that shows me you know shows me that you know these men are icons you know the temptations they were icons and yet they were just men mm-hmm. with problems you know and i said ah I'm a man with problems. (laughs) I can (laughs) (laughs) Ah, can relate to that. You know what I mean? And so I I love that, you know, Dominique, she didn't shy away from, you know, David Ruffin's uh, drug abuse. You know, Mm. she didn't shy away from Paul Williams and his alcoholism and 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 it's also his health problems. You know, Um, there were just a lot of issues that she said, this is this is what it means to just to be a human. And I think if you do that, you actually honor them more. You know, sometimes we're scared to tell kind of the dark sides of things. Um, but I think, you know, when you do that, I think you kind of just honor the people you're playing. And it actually helped me honor myself. You know, like with this pandemic, like I was able to kind of just sit down with myself and just say, you know, let's look at the relationships that you're in and let's look at, you know, Relationship with your family, relationship with your friends, relationships romantically. Um, let's look at how, how you look at yourself um, in your career. And I started to see some things that I wanted to adjust um, that were not always pretty. And uh, I think the, what, the reason why I could do that is because I did that with Otis. You know, I said, ah, okay, well, he made these decisions. Um, some of these decisions were like, for the betterment of the group but also very hard ones and i've had to also do that with my with my life um and so that kind of theater is the kind i relate to because it is me and it's all of us honestly
1: i get that i i i understand the the need to tell a human story make people human and that's partially Why this podcast exists for me? Because I want to. I want to humanize. I mean, I don't know if you put yourself in the same bucket, but a lot of people do. The Derek Baskins, the Ephraim Sykes, the Stephanie J. Blocks, like (laughs) the the James Monroe Iglehart's, right? All of you have people that look up to you. Like you're looking up to Otis. Like you're looking up to like these other people, and to humanize you and say you're just a guy with problems. I'm just a guy with problems. They're just people with problems, whoever they are. And and I love, I love, I love, I love to. Talk to somebody that appears so successful business wise, career wise, and is and just be like, man, what bothers you? What what are what makes you like everybody else? And then the yeah. feedback from everybody else, it's yeah. just like, wow, I needed that. I needed to feel not othered. I needed to feel like I belong. And yeah. everybody wants that. Everybody I, needs that.
0: I think so, you know, and I, you know, it's it it's, you know my it's so funny because he is my best friend and he's so major at the same time but i i don't care what he's achieved right i like he has my heart as my best friend you know so like we've taken care of each other and so it's like uh wait i lost my train of thought when you can say you know we've he and i and stephanie stephanie's a wonderful woman and from you know that's also my little brother i've known him since <laughs> 2008 i put him in his first broadway show um like so i like i we know where the bodies are buried with each other, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's that situation, you know, but like, we've just had wonderful opportunities, you know, I've had some wonderful opportunities, you know, in my career and they have really been a blessing, but it doesn't take away from me just being still a person with struggles, Right. You know, I have fallen in love. I have fallen out of love. There's a lot of rejection in this business that I have to make sure that I don't allow to deter me from my dreams. I have to make sure that I validate myself as opposed to someone else validating me. Like these are things that everyone goes through except for, I don't know about (laughs) regular people, people who are not actors. Like Muggles. I think muggles, if you will, like yeah. I don't know if they deal with as much of rejection as we do because it's just part of it, you know. But everyone deals with, you know, their version of, um, you know, how do I make myself a better person? And you know, it we can all relate on the human level, no matter like what you actually do as your vocation, if you're following your dreams or not, you know. And so. Yeah, I just I I always believe in like just finding that commonality between all of us because it's this this it's there's
1: so many common points between all of us. Well, tell me about when about Little Derek, like what got you into performing? What made you want to start heading down this path in the first place? That's a
0: loaded question. And we'll be here for till two weeks of our answer all the way. <laughs> <laughs> for two weeks answering. I, I, will, I will try to give you cliff notes. So give the, mom, dr- the drunk
1: history version.
0: I'll give you the drunk history. Uh, I was born in North Carolina. No. Um, uh, my mom, is, I'm the oldest of six kids. And my mom, I don't know how she knew it, but my mom knew that I would be a singer. She, she always knew that. And so when I was born, she sang uh, and she, when I was born, she would take me with her to choir rehearsal and I would just sit there and, and take in that music. And, and as soon as I could probably stand, I was in some kind of choir and I, we lived in My dad was in the Air Force. And so we lived in Germany. I was there first, second and third grade, but I was singing in the adult choir. Now, I was a kid, so I was like a soprano, you know? <laughs> but um so I, I kind of just grew up singing, you know, that that had all that's always been my first love and music um in general has always just turned it just turns my brain on. Um then I went to fast forward to college and you know, also a science geek. So I wanted you to be got like a
1: biology degree.
0: Yeah, I was pre-med, man. I took my MCATs and all that stuff, man. Wow. I did, I did. Um, and I wanted to be a doctor, you know, but music was always right there. And um, after I graduated college, um, I was applying to medical schools and graduate schools. And uh, I just didn't want to have any regrets. And I was in St. Louis at the time staying with my grandfather. And I, I literally he, used to, he is uh, he's retired now, but he used to be a security guard that at the post office and he worked in midnight shifts and i was working at tgi fridays downtown like across from bush stadium st louis and one night i was just sitting like it's like you kind of leave your body and you sit across from yourself and you're like okay what do you really want to do and i said i want to try this singing thing like because once you get into medical school that's it man that's that's all she wrote so I, I was like, OK, well, you're not going to do I want to like sing jingles and commercials or make an album, something like that. And so I was like, well, you cannot do that here. And I knew St. Louis wasn't the end. I knew that. I was like, this is not where I land. I knew that. So I was like, well, what do, what do you need to do? And I was like, well, I, they sing in New York. <laughs> <laughs> I think people make records in New York.
1: We're going to take a short break. Stay tuned for more of the episode.
0: And I was like, okay. And then So I just bought a one-way ticket here, man. I did. And I got transferred from the TGI Fridays in St. Louis to the TGI Fridays in Midtown on uh, 50th and 7th. And so, once I started working there um i my new friends see, I didn't know because I didn't grow up wanting to be an actor or or an artist like that, but you know, in the city, a lot of aspiring actors and artists they're waiters, you know they wait they wait tables in restaurants because you know that schedule is easy to be able to follow your dreams and p- make your rent and so, like my new friends here were like aspiring artists and they wanted everyone wanted to be on broadway and you know I, so i just followed them around man <laughs> and i went to this open call with them they were like "You," i told them i sang they were like okay you sang come to this audition and i went to this audition it was an open call for rent and it was like you know toward the end i want to say of the run and Uh, my audition like was on the news that night and that was crazy. They they had a camera in there like recording and then they kept calling me back. And I was like, I don't even know like what I'm auditioning for. I did not know what I was auditioning for. They was like, can you come back later? And they gave me some music to learn. I came back and they just kept calling me back. So finally I was like, well, let's just go see. (laughs) Let's actually go see what you're auditioning for. So I won the lottery. And so I'm sitting in the front row and the show starts. And as it progresses, uh, the, I was like, oh, oh, I, that I can do. Like mm-hmm. it just kind of clicked. It was interesting. I, I was like, I can do that. I can do yeah. that. That I can do. And it that's when it was like my dream, that dream found me. I didn't have that dream. And so that dream actually came to me. It was like, here's why you are here. Here's why you're here in New York. Here's one of the reasons I should say. And so um, I was like, all right, let's do it. And so I kept getting callbacks and I was like, well, you can't just jump up there. You know, these other things are happening. You're not just singing. And <laughs> so I was like, I, had, um, I uh, started taking an improv acting class uh, at this place in Midtown doesn't even exist, used to be this black box theater. Now it's, um, diamond haircuts. Now <laughs> you get your haircut there, but it used to be a black box theater. And, um, it was on, was it 39th and eighth? Yeah. And, uh, so I started taking acting classes. I started like going to Barnes and Noble and reading books on acting. And I would just sit on the floor and just kind of like, just try to learn, you know, the acting thing. And I never, uh, I never got rent, I never booked it, but it started the kind of journey of till where I am now with Broadway. Cause I was like, all right, this is what you wanna do? All right, then we're gonna have to do, it. you know, let's just buckle down and, and here we are, man, some years later and I, I'm Tony and Grammy nominated.
1: Wow. <laughs> and now speaking of music, all of these things the, that you, you've done so many concerts. I reading look, looking through your resume. Like you've sung with Michael Buble at Radio City and with Mariah yeah. Carey at the Beacon Theater and Winton Marsalis yeah. and the and the at Lincoln Center and yeah. like the Broadway Pops. And my God, like looking back at that little kid, is has is your mom around now to see to see w- where you are, what you've become? Yeah,
0: my parents are both around. And they're, oh, they're, my goodness. They're, they're married. They've been married for, ooh, 45 years now. Oh, good for and them. And yeah, they're still kicking, still together. They live down in Virginia, and they are my biggest supporters and my dad i feel like i have to pay him he's like my press agent sometimes and sometimes <laughs> he, it's, it's like sometimes he knows things before i know them and i'm just like how do you know he said like, oh yes i heard y'all going to dc and la like he was talking about i was like how do you know this and and they have been just they've been so proud and it was it was it's interesting because you know i my my dad you know he is in the Air Force, and so he's very blue collar. You know they both got their college degrees r- while they raised us, and so um, you know we don't come from from much. You know, and so to go to college, it wasn't easy. And I had some scholarships, but they really had to really work hard to put me through college. And then when I decide <laughs> not to go, now you know what I mean, not to be a doctor. Um, For them to turn around and say, son, if this is what you want to do, we support you. And they have been nothing but the best support system. Um, I I am blessed. I am so blessed to have them in my life. And they're so proud. Like my mom, I could, I could tell my mom, I sang for three people on a corner and she started crying. Like she, <laughs> she, she's, she's just the, the sweetest thing. And my dad is the same, you know, he's equally as sweet and equally as supportive. And they have just always been in my corner,
1: man. They really have. Like as a parent, I've got two little kids as a parent. If I, I'm trying to think of, of who the equivalent for me would be. But if like one of my children was like, mom, dad, I, I'm like hanging out with Otis Williams now when I go to l a, like that's the friendship I've developed in my career. I would flip my lid. I would be oh, no. so unbelievably proud of my child my children. Yeah. you know just yeah, yeah. my god I, the, and it's funny too, because I see the love goes both ways. there's in this in this time we've been chatting, there have been two times when your face has just lit lit up beyond belief. It's when you're talking about Otis Williams and now when you're talking yeah. about your parents. They're the best, man. They really uh, are. It
0: was so funny. When I booked them, I'm trying to cry. They made me cry. I love them so much. But like, I told, when I told them I booked the show, when I told them I booked Ain't Too Proud, they went into this long, like, oh, the Temptations. And they just start going back to like, you know, when my dad and his sister went to see The Temptations in Indiana. And I was just (laughs) like, what? They like, they have, all of these stories about their childhood that I never knew until I booked the show. You know, like, we I grew up listening to, like, the Temptations Christmas. I'm like, every Christmas, that, like, that Christmas album was the one I knew. But, like, for me, like, my dad is a huge jazz buff. My, and my mom is a huge gospel uh, fan. And she likes opera. So, like, those are the three genres in my house. So we didn't listen to a lot of Temptations. It was just that Christmas album. But when they were growing up, the temptations were just they just ran all through their lives Mm. my family my parents were so excited like they I couldn't tell they were like yeah because oh that's great and they they just (laughs) went in man like they went in it was crazy it
1: really was crazy that is so unbelievably cool yeah uh that's, that's great. And I I love, I love to hear the stories of, of the parents who are like, well, you're not doing what I hoped you would do, but we still love you. We support you. We're going to be in your corner, no matter what you decide to do. And I think that goes so far.
0: I think, you know, I, 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 again, I I keep saying, I really have good parents, but the thing about life is, you know, I just think that sometimes there are just direction changes. Right. And you have plans for your life. you like, you know, at this point, like I'm single now, but like, When I was 14, I just knew by 20, (laughs) I'd be married with kids. You know, I'm going to graduate college, you get married, you have kids Mm -hmm. and that's that. And then I changed course and said, oh, I'm not going to be a doctor. I'm actually going to be an artist. You know what I mean? And if you are a a parent, you know, you, you lived a little, you lived longer than your children, obviously, but like, you know, that life just comes with twists and turns and, um, their parenting skills allowed me to just follow where my journey is taking me. And the only thing that I needed from them is I love you and mm-hmm. go. And, and that's exactly what I got from them. So when I changed my mind from being a doctor to I want to now be an artist, They were like, we support you. Like, we're not going to give you any money. (laughs) But like, (laughs) they're like, you know, the buck stops here. But like, you know, if this is your dream, like we will support you on that. And I never got an objection. I remember being scared to tell them. I remember being scared to tell my... I told my mom first (laughs) and she was like, you know, you're going to talk to your father. And I was like, I know. So I think I waited like a week or two. And then I had a conversation with him and he was like, son, if this is what you want to do, man, go and do it, go and do it. And we support you. And I've never looked back. Life is just, it's, it's just, it's filled. It's filled with so many plot twists. It just is. And if you just allow yourself to kind of just live life, uh the the thing that you think is a plot twist is probably something that was going to happen anyway you know because mm. you've allowed your life to kind of take the direction and take the shape it wants to take i've had so many so many damn plot can i say damn i've oh, had yeah. so many damn plot twists and i'm just like oh my god okay here's where we are and let's go I have i have a circle a circle of support and a circle of love that each plot twist there's someone there to deal with that with me. So it's been great.
1: Oh, I love that. So how does this, does this relate to the 54 Below show? We got we to talk about 54 Below show a little yeah, bit. That's, that's what it. you're going to promote. So tell, <laughs> me about, tell me about what's going to be in this show. Is this your first time performing there? Or first time headlining?
0: This is my first time headlining there. Yeah. Uh, I I have been running <laughs> away from doing a solo show I want to say when fifty four below first opened, they asked me, I think I might have been in Memphis at the time, and so they i have they have every so often they would ask, and I would come up with an excuse I, and it was a valid excuse in my mind, but ultimately, I just um I just have fear, you know i i I had a lot of fear of like just getting up there and just kind of bearing my soul and, and sharing of myself. And, um, it's, I think because of kind of the heart and soul searching that I've been doing this last year. Um, and also the work I did with Ain't Too Proud, it gave me the kind of courage to kind of just step into myself, to step into my gifts, to step into my truth. And um, when they asked again, because I can't believe they kept asking, I would have stopped after three. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't tell you, I mean, every, there, those people, I'm telling you, 54 Below people, they're persistent. And I'm actually grateful. I'm very, very grateful that they're persistent um, because I'm in a place now um, where I can just get up there and just share, you know? I'm also like, sometimes with cabarets, they can be so like masturbatory, like I want people to you know come and hear me sing, I'm gonna sing you know these high notes and you know come and hear how beautiful my voice is, but like I've never been that person to um, want to see a show like that, and I never want have been a person to want to. Perform like that. That's just never been me. Mm-hmm. And when I see a performance, no matter what it is, no matter what genre it is, if it's you know watching someone paint, or if I'm watching a dancer at Alvin Ailey, like I as an artist, I know when that person is being just truthful as opposed to performative, you know. And I'm in a place now where I just want to share my art, man. That's all I want to do. And so this show is very special to me because we talked about kind of the journey and 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 plot twists and all that stuff. And so um, my show is pretty much moments in my life, you know. And my life has a soundtrack to it. I think all of our lives have a soundtrack to it. Um, and there are big moments in your life where you remember like, oh, that song was playing, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, with ain't too proud, of course, that's temptations music. And what was I going through when I first started that show? And what was I going through when I ended that show? Cause that was a journey within itself. That was a moment. And I talk about moments, um, within, uh, And, 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 and moments because you can have a long moment, you can have moments within a moment. And so like, I'm going to talk about just some moments in my life. Um, uh, and I'm going to go through those and hopefully it will, you know, the people who come to see it, they will. I hope to connect with them and say, Oh, you know what? I actually have moments in my life, you know? You know that song you listened to when you fell in love, yeah. that song you listened to when you were holding your pillow crying when you fell out of love. <laughs> you know, it's like there's just the music is such, um it's such a reflection, you know, it's such a reflection of the times and artists reflect the times, you know, and uh again, what, what's happening in this country, what's the music that you're listening to? Um, what was the music that like my parents or my grandparents listened to? What did they sing during during the 50s and the 60s when there was a lot of racial upheaval? And so like, we're going to look at just all those types of moments. Um, and oh, since it's me giving the show, we're going to start with my moments. <laughs> and hopefully, you know, um, it will cause you to kind of look at the moments in your life and um, make you grateful for all the moments because, you know, every moment isn't... Uh, Uh, every moment isn't, isn't light. You know, sometimes they're very, very heavy moments. They're very painful moments, but if you're able to look and see how these moments shape you, each moment will be beautiful. You know, I look at um, a very bad breakup that I had and then I look at where I am today. And I said, if I didn't break up in this moment, I wouldn't be the man I am today, you know? And so that moment, although it hurt, you know, it's actually now it's beautiful, and I'm grateful to say that was actually a beautiful moment. And so, 54 Below, you know, when you come and, and hear some singing, because I, I, I will be singing <laughs> instead of, <laughs> instead of uh, talking. What if I just got up there and talked the whole time? <laughs> like, well, Look, right. You expected expecting me to singing. sing? Uh, Hell no, I, I do know. that all the time. Yeah, right. I'm gonna tell you some jokes. <laughs> right, right. Well, check across the road and <laughs> um, <laughs> you know so when you come and hear the singing hopefully the songs um i hope they just kind of touch you in a different way even if you love them hope like, hopefully like it hopefully touches your heart and pulls on your heartstrings a little bit but we're gonna you know we're gonna talk about life
1: a little bit oh i love that i love that and yeah. i mean the moments there are so many moments that i that yeah you're right that i look back on and i'm like yeah that was really really crappy in the moment yeah and then like I wouldn't be who I am. I wouldn't be where I am. I wouldn't be having this conversation if all those bad moments didn't happen.
0: It's true. And, you know, and it's like, you know, again, because there's so many plot twists, every moment, they're not going to be good moments, but those bad ones, like, they're important to have, Mm -hmm. you know, they really do shape you. They shape you. I am shaped by some painful moments. I just am, you know, uh, even this pandemic, you know, and the solitude uh, that forced me to kind of be still, you know, this year was, it was rough, you know, it's rough for me, but I am so grateful for it. Like, I am such a different person than I was a year ago um, because of this pandemic and because it caused it, you know, it caused me to sit with myself and, and just take in everything and to adjust everything that I need to adjust and, it's been great. It really has been. And I, I I truly, I I thank God. I thank God for every moment in my life. Yeah. Um, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the pain. The pain, it kind of like, you know, you have the Grand Canyon, right? And it looks so beautiful, but like water shaped that. Yeah. Water, water eroded that rock, you know? And so it's just like with us, you know, sometimes The sharp edges of who you are, the pain kind of just it kind of just softens you a little bit and it kind of just shapes you, you know, and I have been shaped. I have been shaped by life. (laughs) And it's but it's a beautiful thing if you because where I am now um, and the wholeness that I have and the healing that I have now. Um, it's because of the moments in my life that have shaped it, you know, and I'm grateful for it. you're not grateful when you're going through it, you know. It, it hurts. <laughs> oh no, you hate it. Oh, it, it. sucks. I, I hate every second of it. And you're like, when is it over? Because like this needs to be over. I'm gonna give you two days and it's over. And I you're know. like, Oh, no word. We're, we're into two weeks and it still hurts. <laughs> got it, got it, got it, got it. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, but you know, it just it just shapes you, man. It it does. And if you allow it, um it, it will shape you into having a beautiful life, and you'll be grateful for all for everything that has happened. Not just you know the Tony nominations, but like the pain that went into getting that Tony nomination. Like I was very sick in, at the Tony Awards. At the Tony Awards, my kidneys were malfunctioning.
2: No kidding!
0: <laughs> Literally sitting in the awards, my kidneys were malfunctioning. I was in the hospital two days later.
1: Did you and Did you know that at the time, or you just felt kind of off time, a little bit?
0: At the time, I thought it was food poisoning. Oh. Isn't that crazy? And I, oh. I, it was a terrible, like, I was in pain the entire night, my first time being nominated for a Tony, and I'm in pain, pain. And I'm thinking that it's my stomach. Oh, no, it's my kidneys. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's just like, that was so much pain that's surrounded within this beautiful moment of having my first, you know, Tony nomination sitting next to my parents. You know, it's like, this. it's like, it's it's so many layers. It's so many layers to like where we are in our lives, and each moment is so layered, and there's such beauty and such pain in all of it. Oh, it's
1: so that's like tragically funny, but uh. it's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> literally crazy. Yeah. Like I didn't do the show that
0: day because I was bowled over in pain. Oh. <laughs> they were oh. like, "But
1: can you?" They were
0: like, "But can you actually perform at the Tonys?" I was like, "No, I'll be at the Tonys. I just can't do this show." <laughs> they were yep. like, "Fine." And so, like, you know, I took whatever medicines I thought I needed to take, which actually none of it I needed to take because I was treating food poisoning and I didn't have food poisoning. Um, But like I made it through and then, you know, we were in the opening number and then the next performance was us because, you know, every show gets to Mm -hmm. present themselves. And so we were right after the opening number and then I was done. And so uh, my adrenaline, my adrenaline was so high that I didn't feel a thing until after everything came down and, and that's when the pain came back.
1: We're going to take a short break. Stay tuned for more of the episode. Oh oh, yeah, man. I, man, little things you know, yeah, there are so many people that I mean, I say this over and over again on this podcast that the that you you and your peers are the Olympians of theater. you are oh, the man. top of your craft, the best of your game eight times a week to make it fresh man. and new every single time, yeah, man Through the it's, pain. it's not. Through
0: everything. And it's like, it's it I haven't I well, I have several ENTs, but my ENT at the time, uh, she was I would go on there and you know, for a checkup and she's like, I don't even understand how you're performing at what I'm looking at. <laughs> you know, she would like, you know, she would scope my sinuses and i probably have an infection in there. And she was like, Did you do the show yesterday? I was like, Yep. And probably gonna do a show today. She was like, I don't understand how you're doing that. And then that's just the insides of me. Like, let's not even talk about physically, like, like the, the amount of strain and stress, like my knees happen. Cause I'm in these dance boots for ain't too proud. I'm in a show where I'm in every single scene yep. of the show. Yep. So I don't get to sit down. And so I'm standing and my legs are on fire and my back is on fire. And, at the same time I have to make sure that I'm talking correctly so I don't lose my voice cuz I'm talking 90 95% of the book was me talking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then I got to turn around and sing. And then I have to dance in over 25 numbers. Like you're not
1: that's you're not supposed to do that. Did you did <laughs> that's you like prep normal. did you prep Nick Nick Walker Did you be like dude listen I did. listen I man you start did. working out now. Bro,
0: we sat down, he called me um Cause I think he was coming off of the Hamilton tour yeah. and he called me. He was like, I want to sit down with you. I was like, I, I want to sit down with you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I need to let you know what's about to happen. And cause I, I, mean, no one could tell me that because I originated and I was, you know, I was doing it in real time and learning as I go. But I was like, here's what's going to happen for you. Here's what you need to do. And we just sat down, we went to a sushi restaurant, right in midtown. Um, and I sat him down, man, and I said, "Here's what's gonna happen, and get ready for A, B, C, and D." And um, I was happy to do it, man. I was, cause I—that's the one thing I wish I had. But no one can tell you something that that hasn't been created you're creating it Yeah, so, well, that's, that's what I was going to say
1: the the flip, fi- the flip side of this is that now you know, like your name your your who you are Derek, is part of the show and it will be forever it won't be what it is without your oh, contributions that's
0: my show listen that's yeah. my show the tone of the show is based off of my energy since I was the lead and since I was carrying it I was number 1 on the call sheet and so that dominant energy is what determines what the show will be and so I would start doing things and Jeremy Pope and Ephraim Sykes were like, okay, that's what we're doing. Boom. And so then everyone just kind of piled in and everyone kind of just lined up. And I said, like, this is the tone I want. This is the tone I'm going for. Um, And, and that was the tone of the show. And it will probably continue to be the tone of the show based off of my energy, but really also based off of Otis's energy, because yeah. this is Otis's energy, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, the, the one thing I wanted to do is make sure that I, cause I look nothing like him. I like nothing like him. And he's like about five or six inches taller. He's several shades darker. And it's like, there's, just no physical similarities, but his spirit I get. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure that his spirit kind of lives on well after I'm done with the show and well after, you know, there's tours going out and, Hopefully he'll go to London and Australia and Tokyo, like, and each one of those, you know, tours, like I, hopefully his spirit will live in each of those, you know, but I had to determine that. And I was like, all right, this is what it is, y'all. And let's go. I
1: love <laughs> that. I love that. And I I, online? Oh man. I love I love how that comes together because when when everyone is not in it for their ego when they're in it for their their characters and the creation and the pure art of it and it sounds like that was just what it was it's like all right we are telling the story we are working together to pull this into existence and and to take this I mean out of the mind of Otis out of the mind of Dominique and off the page that's I, I mean, I have never had the opportunity to originate a Broadway role. Many people will never have that opportunity. That is, that's yeah. one of, again one of those those moments where you're like, it is painful in it, and you look back and and I think from an evolutionary standpoint, right? We're only we're kind of conditioned to pre to only um, sorry we're only preconditioned to remember the, really the good stuff because we right. want to continue. We want to continue to go back to that and herd immunity. You got your you got your tribe. You've got your chosen family. You've got your cast. Casts yeah. are family. I say that over yeah. and over again too. Absolutely. And you're making these connections and building a legacy with a group of guys you may or may not have ever had an opportunity to know beforehand, but now you'll know forever.
0: Absolutely. It's very true, man. And I I've, I've been fortunate to I mean, I that's the fourth show I originated. Like I don't know, that's that's my only experience on Broadway's (laughs) originating shows. That's a blessing. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's a blessing in itself, you know, and I've been very fortunate to be part of some really good casts and, uh, and to have some really good connections. Like again, me and James met in 2004 with Memphis before we even made it to Broadway in 2009. And so like, you know, we've remained friends and Sherry, Sherry, Renee Scott, um, We're we're very very close, and um, and Sierra Bogus, who played uh, Ursula and Ariel in Little Mermaid, Mm -hmm. like the three of us, like we're very very good friends. Um, uh, with spelling bee, you know, we still keep in touch. We just talked like for for Pride at the top of June. Um, Jose Lana, like just sends us a text, happy pride y'all, you know? And so it's like, then the whole group just gets together and, and we just kind of just reminisce and joke. And like, there's just, it's, it's a beautiful thing when you can kind of over through the years, you know, the connections that you make, you can continue to kind of feed them. you're not know always going to have them because again, like theater is a job. So I don't necessarily, you know, I'm not going to be in close contact with everyone that I've ever worked with um but there are key connections um that I will always hold on to yeah it's a beautiful thing
1: absolutely
0: that for me was actually very strange when I first got into the business because like I didn't study what I'm doing and I kind of just threw myself into like theater, and I was like, "Y'all get so familiar with each other so fast!" Like, <laughs> like I was like, "What is going on here? Your fast friends!" Everyone's like, "Fast friends," and I was like, "The grief was like hugging on each other, and I was just hugging and touching." And I just met you. It was like it was it was such uh it was that was for me an adjustment. <laughs> that was a that was just I was like I don't know
2: you you hugging on me and touching me I'm like I love you my friends.
0: Uh, but it's 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 really cool, man. It's the theater, the theater community. Um, it's a beautiful community to be part of. Broadway community, it's it's a wonderful community to be part of. Yeah,
1: and on yeah. I think there's a, there's a subset of the of the TV film too the that side of things that the people who who you know i mean you get, you're obviously gonna make let's call it what it is you're gonna make a lot more money doing tv and film for the most oh, part yeah. but then you come back oh, yeah. and you find the joy and the love in theater but yeah. i think of somebody Let me bring up chadwick boseman right like yeah. now this guy i feel like he was one of those guys I'm, i never had the pleasure of meeting him and i feel like he's one of those guys though that that again you're gonna be fast friends with and yeah and all and I just get the impression from the interviews, from what I see from him, from what I hear from people who know him, that, yeah. that he influences everyone he touched.
0: You know, he was uh, a producer and the lead character um, on the movie that I, did, I shot with him called Marshall, and mm-hmm. was sort of Thurgood Marshall. Um, the other uh, headliner in that movie, Josh Gad, uh, we were in a Broadway show together. So like I came in knowing... Like the other lead, yeah, and so it was really cool. But Chadwick had this energy um, that was just oh, it was just very infectious, and it was he was very. I, I remember it him being just very calm. It was a very calm and positive energy, and I think he kind of knew kind of the role he carried in that show, in that movie. But there was no pretense to him. And he felt very. and I am want to say this. I'll say I'll give him this term. He was a very kind of like a blue collar actor, right? So like there was like he's like let's get dirty, let's get down into this scene, and like like let's work this scene. You know, he's there was he's not fancy. He's not a fancy. There's sometimes a very fancy actors, you know. <laughs> he's not he's not that guy. He's like I'm here to work, you know. And uh, I just remember him just he's just, his, his work ethic, which is wonderful. And he was just very, very kind. And that was, that's my experience of him. You know, we, we, we were not friends, you know, we were, but we worked together really well. And, and he welcomed me um, into that movie. And, you know, the scenes that I got to share with him was wonderful, but even, but outside of that, when we were just between takes, um, he was really cool to talk to. And I would, we filmed that in Buffalo. And so I would fly back and forth Cause my scenes were kind of spread throughout the movie. And so I didn't have to be there the whole time. And so uh, second time I came up, uh, they were doing, they were in the courthouse or whatever. And uh, he saw me, he's like, Hey man, what's up? He's like, did you get to see like what's going on right now in this, in this scene that they're shooting? I was like, no, he's like, no, go check it out. He's like, go sit with the director and like, look. And I was like, all right. Like he was, he was, he was that guy, you know, just really excited about working. Um, and I, I'm grateful i i really feel like i learned from him i did mm-hmm. you know and kind of how to again because god willing i want to be an a-list actor myself and and i want to carry i want to carry a movie i know how to carry that now because i watched him carry it you know and I, i'll take my experience from carrying my show on th- in in broadway uh in addition to what i've learned how he carried his um movie and how he carries his move how he carried his movies um, i was a, just a Great, great experience, man. He's a he was a wonderful man. It really was.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I can tell. I could tell. I mean, I the idea that I get from him, at least from what I'm reading and everything, it's just it, it feels like again, that's just who he is. He was he was always yeah. he was always wearing earth, man. yeah, just always wearing his personality on his sleeve and carrying it into his yeah. characters. Right, like this yeah. is this is who I am,
0: and just not a bit of pretense. Like that's what you want. Like it can sometimes be. When someone has really achieved something like so, like the Viola Davises, the Denzel Washingtons, the Tom Hanks, the Steven Spielbergs, like these guys are juggernauts in our business. Right. And so it it can be intimidating working for someone that has achieved so much. But when then when they turn around and say, I actually don't care about what I've achieved. We're here working together. That's the kind of actor you want to work with. I, I hope that's the kind of actor that I, I remain. Like I don't care. Like it's I'm grateful for the achievements. I really am. But when I'm in something, that's all that matters. That scene and that project. I don't I don't care that I have a Grammy nomination. I don't care that I have a Tony. I don't care. Uh, I don't care what I have achieved. Because what I need to achieve is making sure that we tell the truth in this particular piece and what i need to show up fully here i can't show up fully if i'm like look at look at my achievements i can't show up. you know what i mean yeah yeah i mean yeah yeah i'm you know i'm playing a a doctor here or or a spy here but did i ever tell you when i got a tony nomination like no one cares about that like in the heat of the moment you know Let's, let's just show up let's show up let's do this piece and like I feel like Chadwick was like that. And I feel like I'm, I haven't met a lot of these people, but like I've met any of those people that I mentioned, Viola, Den uh, Denzel. I'd love to meet you guys. Um, uh, you know, I've never met, no, I did meet Spielberg. I, I have met him. He seems like a nice guy. I met him at church. <laughs> what? <laughs> I met Spielberg at church. And so I was like, yeah, which is weird. A uh, whole nother story. But like, um, you know, they just it, it, I, I hope that, you know, that level of success says, you know, yes, I've achieved it. But what's more important is what we together are going to achieve in this piece. Chad
1: was that guy for sure. Oh, I love that. All right. So let's wrap up here with three questions. I ask everybody to end out the episodes here. The first one, very simply, is what motivates you?
0: Gratitude. Mm. Um, and that is very new for me. <laughs> um, uh, I am in a place in my life, uh, where I have adjusted my perspective, um, in what I do. Right. Um, you know, a lot of times, especially with Broadway, you you get so tired because eight shows a week. You should, you should not be doing eight shows a week ever. And doing this show, doing Ain't Too Proud, um, that that it just took it out of me, man. It truly did physically and emotionally, like spiritually, it just did, I kind of lost the gratitude of what I did. And where I'm at now is just making sure that I remember, like I get to do this and like what a blessing that is to get to do something. So like right now, you know, I'm in between projects, but that work will come. And when that project presents itself, I get to do that, you know? And so I'm excited and it kind of keeps the Energy for me moving forward. Um, it's just like, ah, what's next? Like, all right. And then once I get that, yes, thank you God for this, you know, this blessing, this project. Um, I think staying thankful for what you are doing in the moment kind of creates the next moment, and it kind of it allows the abundance that I think all of us are looking for to kind of continue to uh, move and flow through our lives. So. Mot- gratitude motivates me mm.
1: all right what advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now starting out down a similar path
0: Ooh, so many things i want to say <laughs> <laughs> so many things uh but the first thing i will say is find your truth find out who you are as a person as a woman as a man however you identify um, Find that truth. Learn to accept that truth. Sometimes that truth is hard to accept. um, uh, But learn to live in that truth. Learn to live in your body. Learn to live. Listen, I have big lips. I got a big wide nose. I have big eyes, big ears. My widow's peak is off-centered like, I know this about myself. (laughs) It's all true, man. But I know this about myself because I have accepted it, right? Like, I know that I'm not going to have the Eurocentric nose. I know that. I know these are my features. Um, uh, My body, you know, I'd love to be two percent body fat, but that's not who I am, you know, and I am still learning to kind of accept that, you know. And so I would say just live in your truth, um, whatever that is for you, your sexuality, you know, gay, straight, bi, fluid, whatever that is, learn to like just live in that and accept that. Because once you start accepting yourself for who you are, your art is just, it's just elevated. It's, it's completely elevated because you are truthful with yourself so you can be truthful in your art. Because if you're not, and again, listen, there's probably a lot of actors that we know that are like A-list actors who are probably not living in their truth and who are living double lives or they're very depressed or whatever. Because a lot of times you think this is happening in this actor's life because they're making so much money, but actually the opposite is actually happening. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so once you are able to live in your truth, and know that your journey is your journey and no one else's. Don't look to the right and don't look to the left. Be happy where you are, be content in where you are and learn to live in your truth. I would say that first.
1: Mm, All right. Last question then. If you could only see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times as you want, what would you see? Oh, that's not fair, man. (laughs) That's not fair. Can I give you two? Sure, sure. You give me two.
0: I'll give you two. I'll give you two. So uh, the first one would be The Wiz. Nice. Um, For sure. The second one would be Light in the Piazza.
1: Oh, that's an interesting choice.
0: Oh, man. That thing. I'm a hopeless romantic. So there's that. Uh, And that show, uh, I was in Spelling Bee when that show was on Broadway and we were up against each other in all the categories for the Tonys and like that Tony awards was really cool because like we got these two Tonys, they got these two Tonys, like they kind of, it was really evenly split. Mm-hmm. And I think Spamalot was there that year too. And, um, but when I sat and I saw that show, I don't know how I was able to see it. I guess we were on different schedules for like a week or two and I was able to go see it. And, um, Victoria Clark, who won the Tony that year for Best Lead Actress in a Musical, um, I met her at Spelling Bee's off-Broadway opening, and I-, I didn't know who she was. I had no clue who she was <laughs> until I saw her on stage on Broadway. And there was this moment where she entered and she walked straight down um She walked straight down the center of the stage. It was at Lincoln Center. So it's like, you know, it's in the round, essentially almost around. And so Mm -hmm. she walked straight down and she sees me. And then she looked right through me. She was like, I'm here to work. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So I I just learned so much, but also the music, it's just beautiful, romantic music, which I'm really into. I love, you know, kind of a period piece. And so those two musicals are my favorite.
1: Oh, I love that. All right. So where can we find you online? Uh, Social media. uh,
0: Instagram is Derek dot Baskin, D-E-R-R-I-C-K dot B-A-S-K-I-N. Twitter is just at Derek Baskin. Uh, Those are the two that I am usually on. I probably won't see you on Facebook. (laughs) So
2: Instagram Instagram
0: is, you know, Facebook is for like, you know, my family, my aunties, my cousins. But like, you know, so you know, follow me on Instagram, follow me on Twitter, and you know, I love to interact with everyone who follows
1: oh I love that I love That alright you can get more of me at thetheaterpodcast.com I'm on Instagram and Twitter on theater underscore podcast I am on Facebook slash official theater podcast leave a rating review wherever you're listening now this has been edited by Well rounded Hoodlum Productions music by Jukebox the Ghost and Derek conversation by you thank you this hey. has been so much fun <laughs> thanks for having me man